That is so awesome. What a turnaround. Praise God. Let that lift your uh, faith and your hope in what God can do in your family as well, because God is a miracle working God and he does amazing things. And it's only him that can get into the heart of a person and change the heart because man can't do that, but God can. And he has his ways with the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes we just got to step back and, and let God do that work and uh, just praise him for it all along the way. But that is so amazing. And the restoration of that and, and the relationship is, is wonderful to, to hear about and see. Now, how is everybody this morning? Good, good. Glad you're all here. Isn't, hasn't this week been nice? The weather has been beautiful. It's November and it doesn't feel like it, but it's been nice. It's been wonderful. But we're going to uh, get back into our series. We've been doing a series on Thy Kingdom Come. And we're going to go into, uh, we've been talking about three elements in that kingdom that we're to walk in. Every kingdom has uh, three elements and actually four, but the first one is uh, the kingdom, any kingdom has subjects, people in the kingdom. And of course, we are part of God's kingdom and we are his children, his subjects that carry out his will and his plan on this earth. And then the uh, other, the uh, first one that we went over, the, the, um, when I said there's three, the first one was the law. Every kingdom has a law. It has principles that it follows, a law that's put into place. And, of course, God's kingdom also has laws, and it's principles that we follow. And when we follow those principles, then we walk in the blessing of God. And then the second one is in God's kingdom, supernatural provision or power. And we went over that last week, supernatural provision and power. And he has given that to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is what's living on the inside of every Christian. When they choose to follow Jesus Christ and make him Lord of their life, then they are given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of them for life. And that is how we gain power uh, and access to his kingdom on earth. And today we're going to go through the third one, which is authority. Say authority. Uh, and I want you to go ahead and uh, turn over to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And let's just begin with a, a, a moment of prayer. And just ask the Lord yourself to give you eyes of revelation, renew your mind this morning according to the word of God and according to his kingdom. Father, we thank you so much for your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you have paid the price for us to become part of that kingdom through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his blood that covers us, cleanses us, washes us clean so that we can come into your kingdom and be righteous before you. We thank you, Father, that you have given given us everything that we need for godliness and for in this life, everything that we need. You've given us purpose, you have given us destiny, and you've given us all of the power and the authority that we need to carry out your plan. So we pray this morning, renew our mind, allow the scriptures to wash over us, renew us, wash our mind according to the word of God, that we would be transformed and changed according to your laws, your purpose for our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Uh, Matthew 28, this is this moment um, when Jesus, he's already died, he's resurrected, and so they are uh, with the resurrected Jesus. So he has gone to them, and he is talking to them in uh, verses, let's look at 18. 28, 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I am surely with you, uh, you always to the very end of the age. Now, I want you to notice in, this, in, this vi in the very beginning of this passage, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You, therefore, go. So it's, it, you're, you're looking at, at Jesus saying, everything's been given to me. I, I paid the price on the cross. I went and got the, the keys to the kingdom. I am back. All authority has been given to me. Now you therefore go. Now we might look at that and say, okay, well, why are you telling me to go if you're the one that has all the authority? But the thing is, because we are co-heirs with Christ, children of God, we also walk with authority because of what Jesus did for us. So he did the hard work. He, he did what we could not do because we are not perfect. He was the sinless lamb that was on the cross and took our sacrifice. He took us or he took every sin on his body and became the sacrifice in our place. And so we didn't have to, we don't have to look towards a, a damnation or towards a doom. Instead, we can look towards life and life more abundantly because he paid that price for us. And so he says, I've gained the authority in heaven and on earth. So go, therefore, because I'm giving you that authority and you're to go in my name, in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So go make disciples, baptizing them in these names. And so he has given us all authority. And in fact, authority, that word authority, is delegated power. Delegated power. And it refers to the authority that God gives his saints, authorizing them to act to the extent that they are guided by his faith and by the revealed word. So that's why it's so important for us to have revelation of his word, to read his word. As we gain these principles, then we operate according to the principles of his word. Knowing that, I mean, you think about it. When, you, when you're governed by the laws of the land, you know those laws are going to be in place. So if you go against those laws, if you break those laws, then that law is going to stand against you. It can either work for you, it can work against you, depending on which side you're on, right? So if you want it to work for you, and if it's working for you, then you can use it to protect yourself as a defense. So if you have problems, then we can call and say, hey, I've got this issue. Somebody's breaking in, whatever it may be, and the law will show up. The authority will show up and take care of that situation, and it's to defend you, to protect you. It's the same way with God's law, only better, because God's law is not corrupt. 
God's law has no corruption in it. So even though there are systems of this world that are very corrupt, where if you call the law, they're not going to defend you. But God's law is not like that. It is perfect, and it is whole, and it never fails. So when we understand the word of God, its principles, then we can stand assured that the word will fight on our behalf. But we must be the ones to deliver the word. He says, all authority has been given to me. Now, last week we talked about power. But I want to talk a little bit about the difference between the two. Because power and authority we can use a lot of times um, interchangeably, but it's not the same thing. So authority is more like the backing that you have or the badge that you're given, that you are given authority over an area or a designated region. The authority, let's say, for instance, if, you, uh, if you're a, a cop, there's county cops and there's state cops or there's town cops. They are given authority over a jurisdiction. But a county cop cannot go into another state or another county and have authority in that area unless that person over that area has given them permission. Make sense? Okay, so the authority is like the badge given that says that the state or the county is backing you. We have the name of Jesus Christ. So the name of Jesus carries power. In fact, the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to the name of Jesus because his name is higher than any other name. And it doesn't mean the name of just people. It means the name of anything that exists, any spirit, any, uh, any uh, disease, any situation, any problem. If it's got a name, then it has to bow to the name of Jesus. He has all authority and he has given us his name and that and that name carries authority and it carries power so authority is the legal right the legal right to exercise dominion power is the action or the force of exercising that dominion so it's the it's the action or the force behind it that you're exercising now, someone could have authority but not have power. That would be like a cop having the badge but having no gun. Someone could have the power but have no authority. That would be like someone who's not a cop that has a gun but has no badge. And so you can have one without the other. And in fact, it can cause problems because, I mean, even when you take into consideration a parent, a parent of children, if they have children and they exercise power, but they don't exercise authority, then they can become more of a, a tyrant or a dictator because they don't understand their authority. So they use power and they, they can overuse power because they don't understand their authority. But in God's design, they have authority, but they haven't realized it, and they don't know how to operate in it. So therefore, there might be a lot of yelling and screaming, or there might be a lot of force, 
but they haven't learned to exercise authority. But if you exercise authority and no power, then there just might be someone standing there telling you what to do, but there's no consequences and nothing that's followed up. So you have to have both in operation in your life, and it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. You have to have power, and you have to have authority, and Jesus has given us both. When it comes to the kingdom of God, and when it comes to power and authority, every person has a realm of influence. So I can't come to your home and just barge in your home and begin to tell your family what to do. You, you would be like, get the crazy out of here. I'm calling the cops on her. And just the same as anyone, no one can go to someone else's home. That's their jurisdiction. That's their realm of influence. And so they can choose to do what they want to do in their home. So I don't have the right to come into someone else's home and discipline their children so to speak, unless they give me that right or the authority to do so. If, they, if you say, yeah, you can come to my home. I want you to watch my kids. I want you to, to babysit. You can do this, but you can't do that. They're giving me the laws or the word for the boundaries that I have to stay within in their home. And so all of these things, God has given us patterns on this earth for us to understand things. And so when we uh, talk about, even in realms that we pray in, God has given us areas of influence. That's why even our children, we have influence over our children. That's why he says, raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Because we're to impart those things and we're to guide them and lead them and discipline. And, and have all of those things as they're growing up. But the thing is, when it comes to power and authority, I can't barge in and, and just declare my... Uh, power and authority over an individual, a, a carnal individual against their will. Just like you can't tell somebody as much as you might like to at times, I'm sure there's all been people in here that you, you would look at them and say, oh, if so-and-so would just get this, if they would just understand this. But maybe they don't want to, maybe they haven't seen it, whatever it may be. And so as a result... You're coming against their will. But it doesn't mean that you don't have authority over this spirit that could be causing something if we're talking about wickedness and evil. Does that make sense? Because God has told us to take authority in this earth over wickedness and evil. So that is why we're here, to expand the kingdom of God. So there might be something that's at work with that person, maybe they've been influenced by a demonic spirit and they don't realize it. And I mean, we've all been influenced before. We've all had uh, things come against us. And even if you took every demonic spirit off of this earth and, and they were all gone, do you realize how sensitive you would be to the Holy Spirit and how much things would make sense? Because there wouldn't be the confusion. There wouldn't be spirits of seduction. There wouldn't be spirits that would cause laziness. There wouldn't be spirits that would cause you to be depressed and oppressed and confused. So all of that would be eliminated and your spiritual vision in tuneness with the Lord would be at a different level. 
And so it, there's spirits in a spiritual realm that are causing these things. That's why it takes a, a persistence in the things of the, the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit to bust through these things. And a persistence in, in prayer, a persistence in learning who God is. That's why I say if you know the word of God, it can pull you on track just like that. And you don't have to necessarily go in a prayer closet and pray for two hours to find the answer. Many times, I'm not saying don't pray. What I'm saying is many things can be solved if you already know the word of God. Because it'll pull you right back on, in track with the principle of the word of God. And so when you're walking in that way, then you don't have to have uh, a spiritual word from the Lord because you already know it. The more you know the word, the more you're going to walk according to his purpose. And so when it comes to the authority, there's binding and there's loosing in the spiritual realm. And that's why Jesus, whenever he, he came and he was telling his disciples that I have given you the ability to bind and loose. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What that means is what you permit or what you allow. That's a lot of authority right there. What you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose will be loosed. So that's why Jesus, when he was going from town to town, who did he heal? Did he go knocking on doors? Hello, is anybody home here today? Does anybody need healed? Hello? He didn't do that. Who did he heal? All, but it was those who came. Those who came to him. So he wasn't going down the streets, knocking on doors, forcing his desire and will on people. And that's where the element of faith comes in. Because the people that came to him had faith. And they were desiring the very thing that he had on the inside of him. The virtue, the excellence that flowed from him. But he wasn't forcing himself in his will, even though his desire for every person was to be healed. But not every person believed or wanted it. So in the realm of influence and authority, we flow by the, the realm or the influence that God has given to us. And obviously where you work, your home, your own life, if you've never begun to walk in any of this, start with your own life. When it comes to power and authority, begin with your self-govern your, your own life. That's where it starts. Because you have to learn how to self-govern. You have to learn how to begin to take authority over the things in your life, over your health, over your path, your direction, your destiny, your children. You, when you begin to do that, what you're doing is you're beginning to operate in the realm that God has called you to operate in. The three things that, that we've been going over, the word, the power, and the authority. And when you begin to operate in those things, then you begin to have victory after victory, and you can begin to expand. I'm not saying don't pray. Well, you know, I don't have it figured out for myself yet, so I can't pray for anybody. That's not what I'm saying. If somebody is, is 
uh, desiring the things of God, then sow into them, pray with them. Take authority over things that if they're willing, then pray with them. But even Jesus dealt at times. It says that when he went to his own hometown, there were not many healed because they did not believe. They saw him as the the little Jesus, you know, 20 years ago that was running around and didn't see him as the Christ. They didn't see him as, they're just like, isn't that Joseph's son, the carpenter's son? We knew him. Isn't that Mary's son? Yeah, we remember him. And they became familiar with him carnally, but they did not know him spiritually, and so therefore they couldn't receive from him. So things in the spirit have to be received spiritually. It's not in the mind. So therefore, it's not going to make sense. So what I'm talking about when it comes to authority, authority uh, speaks. Authority looks different. Authority is knowing who you are. In fact, it's interesting because authority on this earth is given typically by title, by um, a platform. Even people will pay money. If you have enough money, then they'll, they'll pay money and, and you'll get voted in for something. Popular vote, that gives people authority. The title, because you got hired on as a job and now here's your title, now you have an authority. So authority on this earth is given and taken by man. You can have it one day and then the next day not have it. And so in our minds, we kind of get used to this idea of authority on earth and what that looks like. And so we will second guess ourselves and think that I don't have any authority. Who am I? I don't have any power. Who am I? I'm just me. I don't have a title. I'm not over anything. And so the enemy will come in telling you, you've done this, you've done that, you've not done anything special, you have all this baggage, that you don't have any authority and you don't have any power. But our identity is what gives us authority in the kingdom of God. You are a child of God. That is your stance of authority. That's all it takes is to be a child of God. He doesn't say, well, when you do this and when you take this class and when you get enough experience in this and you pray this many times, then you have authority. He doesn't say that. He even looked at the disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore. So now I'm sending you out. I've been training you for three years. You've been under my wing. So now go. Go and do the same things that I was doing. So we have to get out of our mindset the idea that our authority is is, uh, stripped or given to us based upon how we feel or what we might think that day. We have authority no matter what if we're a child of God. He has given us that authority. So we have to make sure we don't have that uh, who am I mentality. I can't do anything. In fact, it reminds me a lot of um, 
when you think of the prodigal son, we talk about the prodigal son a lot, but what about the elder brother? See, the prodigal son went out and he, he, he wanted his inheritance early and he went and squandered it. But the elder brother, he was, he was working. He was there for his dad. I've been here all along, dad. And when the younger son comes home, he gets really upset because you've, fat, you've killed the fattened calf for him. You've put a ring on his finger. You've given him a robe. You've treated him like this and you've blessed him and you've given him this great welcome home and this great party. And look at what I've done for you and you've done nothing for me. And his father looks at him and says, son, all I've ever had has always been yours. It's always been in your hands to do with as you want. And I feel like that's what God is, is trying to convey to us. Sons, daughters, everything that I have is already yours. You just have to exercise it. The ring that I put on the, the younger son's finger, I've already given you that. It's yours. The authority is yours. The things are yours. Utilize them. Begin to walk them out. So what does that look like? What's it look like whenever we take authority over something or when we begin to walk in authority? Well, let's go over to Mark chapter 1. And many times people think that this only has to do with evil spirits, but it, it's not just spirits that, that you take authority over. When you think of a king, because remember last week we read in Revelation that he has called us a king and a priesthood. In fact, it says that in Peter, that, that we are a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. That means we look different. We don't look like the rest of this world. And so many times people are just trying to fit in to, to the world and not cause uh, you know, any kind of friction or any kind of uh, going the opposite direction. But he's called us to be the, the salt of the earth, the light. That's what people are drawn to. It's the authority of God that when people see that, then they gravitate towards it. Some people look at it and go, well, we shouldn't be that. Because a lot of, a lot of the, the idea of Christianity has only been, you know, well, God is love. And God is love. That's the, we talked about a Wednesday. God is love, the agape love of God. But God has authority. And God has power. And God gets angry. There's a lot of other aspects of God that, that we're missing God has a righteous anger that when things are not going the, according to his kingdom or according to the way that, that his law works, that there is an anger. That's what sometimes, sometimes people feel that and they don't know what to do with it. Now, I'm not saying all the time, so when you get angry, don't sit there and say, well, God's, <laughs> that's God's anger coming out of me. I'm not giving you a license to be angry. That's not what I'm saying. You got you to gotta discern. You have to discern when the, the spirit of God on the inside of you is getting agitated because of a, of a carnal issue that's going on, and it's a righteous thing. All right, let's get back to what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Mark. Mark 1, verse 
verse 40. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Now, that means the leprosy left him. But if you remember the, the ten lepers that came to him at one point, and one came back and thanked God for it, and he was restored, meaning everything that had been missing from the leprosy, that where the leprosy had eaten it away, he was restored, meaning everything that was eaten away became uh, whole again. But the other nine were just cleansed of the leprosy. That's what happened here. This man was cleansed of the leprosy, but he wasn't whole. So if there were fingers eaten off, if there were things eaten off, those things stayed that way. But he was now cleansed and he did not have leprosy any longer. Why didn't Jesus give him all wholeness? He didn't ask for it. All he asked for was that he would be cleansed. Sometimes Jesus would say, hey, what is, what is it that you're believing for? Sometimes I'll ask people, what do, you, what do you want prayer for? Because I'm looking where your faith is at. That's what he was doing. He looks where your faith is at. What are you believing for? The blind man. What are you believing for? I believe to receive my sight. Now, what if he was just believing for a better cane? Well, you know, Jesus, you see me in this position. I got to deal with this every day. Can, can you get me a better cane to, to be able to, to, you know, feel my way around with? But he didn't say that. He believed in his sight. He was believing for his sight, and he got a sight. So, but he, Jesus says, I am willing. It's not me, but where's your faith? Because you have authority over you. It's not Jesus. He says, the earth he has given to man. The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. He has given us authority and influence over us and our realm. So we determine our course of life. In fact, that's what it says even in James, that the tongue is a rudder and it, it can set a fire to the course of our life. It can dictate the course of our life. That means our authority has to do with what? Our tongue. It has everything to do with our tongue, but it's got to first start in our heart. we got to get the revelation of this first. If you don't know that you're a king and a priest, if you don't know that you have power and authority on the inside of you, it's not you, it's him on the inside of you. But this is what he's called us to do. This is how we have an impact on the earth. Then it's got to speak. It's got to come out. Why? Because that kings decree a thing, and it is established. Kings do not beg. King's decree. He has called you a king. Kings do not go. You don't see a king. And I know we don't have this concept in America because we're a democracy. And it's really skewed our, our uh, thoughts up on the understanding of, of the establishment of a kingdom. But kings do not come out of their palace and out onto the streets and they don't go out begging. If they want to see change, what do they do? They decree a thing. They do it by putting it into action. Get this done. Make this happen. 
What are angelic hosts? They are ministering spirits for those that are going to inherit salvation. What do you think? I, they're probably all standing around waiting on orders and going, hello. Because we don't, we don't walk in this authority enough. And they're saying they're going, use me, tell me what to do, or quit saying that, that's bad. <laughs> quit repeating that. Let me make this point before we move on. In chapter, same chapter, verse 21, here's another situation. It says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus said, be quiet. He said sternly, come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. See, we don't pray evil spirits out. God, can you remove this evil spirit? And you have to discern when something is the, the, the root of it is spiritual. Because there has to be a commanding, not a praying, when it comes to spirits. He doesn't say, well, bless you, my child, and we're just going to pray about this for a little while. He commands the spirit to leave. Spiritual things have to be told what to do. You can't, you can't coddle them, you can't pet them, you can't make them at home in your life. And many times what ends up happening is a spirit, there's, there's different kinds of spirits with different types of fruit. Just like the Holy Spirit has, has fruit that comes out of him, the, there are various spirits and they have fruit, they have manifestations. Well, one of the spirits is a spirit of intimidation and it will intimidate and that's exactly what we see in this world. One of the major things going on now is intimidation. Because, oh, we're, we have a, a culture of tolerance. Which means we need to accept everything. And if you feel like you're a cat, then nobody can tell you that you're not a cat. In fact, we're going to put a litter box here for you. Because this is what you feel like. And don't you dare say anything about it. Or you're an evil person because you told them that they weren't a cat. And so there's this spirit of intimidation that's pressing into our country from a variety of realms. And they will come, I mean, the doctrines of devils are being taught and preached in this nation. And they want the Christian church to sit idly by and say nothing. Why? Because you are the answer. You have the answer on the inside of you. But if they can get you to do what? Shut up, muzzle you, put on your mask. 
then nobody will say anything. And we can continue to just have our, our, our big heyday over here in the realm of demonic spirits throughout the nation. That's why it's so important for us to speak these things out. And see, not everything is about going up and having a fight with a person. That's just a person. There's a spirit that's at work. That's what has to be dealt with, is the spirit that's in operation. And that spirit of intimidation, it, it can even live in people's homes. It can live through children. Not because... They're, in, they're not sitting there inviting it. It's not like your four-year-old is sitting at home inviting a spirit of intimidation into the home. No, it, it's because, well, I don't want to get them mad because when they're mad, they're really difficult to deal with. And I just want to keep the peace and make sure that everything's happy. And so it's just bread. We just look at it as behavior. No, that's, you got to deal with it. Because when it's 20, it's not so cute. And it's definitely not pretty. And it will definitely end up in a not good place. And then, they, then nobody's going to tell them because they don't have a parent now. They don't want to listen to anybody. So it's a lot harder to deal with at 20 and 30 than it is at 5. But these are the things that we as a church have to understand. And we have to take authority over. There are things in your home that not because you meant to invite it. We had, we had an, an issue a, a, a week ago. Gracia was like, I, you know, woke up, and it was in the middle of the night, just in the middle of the night, and just woke up, eyes come open. It was like, she's like, I just felt like all of a sudden I was awake. And then it's, it's like this huge spider was coming down at me. And she said, and it wasn't a dream. It was like I could see it. And it was like this huge spider coming down over me, over my bed. And she said, like, I jumped up out of the bed. And, and she said, and then it was gone. Well, that's spiritual. So I told Brad about it, and he went up and took authority over it. But there are things that will try to intimidate. Now, if you know Gracia, she doesn't like spiders. So to me, it's a spirit of fear and intimidation trying to, you know. But you take authority over those things. And the enemy sets and looks for a reaction. Because the enemy doesn't know your thoughts, but he sees your reaction, and he can plant seeds and thoughts in your mind. And you have to determine what you're going to do with that. Not every thought that comes into your mind is your thought. And see, that's the thing. Many times people think, well, I thought this and I thought. No, many, many things are thoughts planted by the enemy. Or the enemy will bring someone right in your path to confirm that thought that he put there. How many times does the enemy, and, and that's why I say, don't accept the report that's not from the Lord. Because you go to the doctor, the doctor will say all kinds of things he'll want you to agree with. I remember going just for regular checkups because I had to, I was required to, like I, I don't, I, I try to stay away from doctor's offices as much as possible. But I had to because I don't even remember, something I was doing, they needed a physical or something. 
And in those moments, you know how they always have you fill out the form, you know, who in your family has this, 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 this. And, you know, it's got a list of 27,000 things on there that you got to check off. You know, what did your grandmother die from? And, and who in your family has heart disease and diabetes and, you know, all of these things. I just skip over it. I don't, I don't check anything. Because if not, they'll call you and they'll, well, I see you got this in your history. I don't have a history. My history's in Jesus. My DNA is in Jesus. He wiped that away. But if I agree with their report, that's what the enemy is looking for you to do, is to agree with his report. If I can get them to say this, if I can get them to agree that their child is diagnosed with this or has this problem, well, then we'll lock that in place, and then we'll get them to repeat that over and over. Yeah, my child has this. My child has this. My child has this. Well, what are you doing? You're sowing those seeds and you're decreeing a thing. And you are a king. And you're decreeing a thing. So that means you got to back it up in some spots. Just like we talked a couple weeks ago about sometimes you got to look at where the boundary stones are where the enemy has moved the boundary lines and boundary stones, you got to go locate that and move it back to where it's supposed to be. The enemy snuck in and moved this in and took some of my inheritance. But i got to move that back now, which means there's going to be a fight. Because the enemy is a squatter, and he'll come in and he'll squat in a place where you let him. So that means you got to pick that boundary stone up, that whatever it is. Yes, I have agreed with this over my life, but no more. I'm moving it back. I'm not this. I am healed. I'm not, I don't have mental issues. I am whole. My mind is restored. I have the mind of Christ. I have a great memory. I have strength. As my days are, so shall my strength be. And you decree the things of God. You decree his report over your life. And as you're doing that, what are you doing? You're decreeing a thing. And then angelic hosts go, oh, we're on call. So don't agree with everything that gets thrown in front of you or even everything that enters your mind because the enemy will speak to you in fear, try to get you to be afraid, try to get you to compromise. I remember when we were first starting the church here, and this is just another story about authority, how you can take authority. We were... People were starting to pull in uh, a, a few of the, um, the early people, starting to pull into the parking lots. And I remember, this is when we still lived here, and, and I was up in one of the rooms, and I looked out, and over in the second parking lot over here was this vehicle, like this white Bronco that just kept pulling in, and they'd cause some issues, and you just circle, and then set for a little bit, pull back out. You could tell that they were, you know, they were there to cause problems, and there was quite a few issues when we first moved into this area uh, of just things in the, in the neighborhood that we had to deal with. There were devils that were, had been allowed to run loose here. Let's just put it that way. And so there was a lot of things that needed to be dealt with in this neighborhood. But when we moved into the neighborhood, then we began to take authority over those things because it's our neighborhood. And so if I'm going to live here, then I don't want to deal with that. 
And so there were issues with this vehicle, and I just, I stood up there, and I said, I take authority over that vehicle right now in Jesus' name. I command it to leave and never come back. And they had, because they had pulled out and they'd come back, they pulled out. It happened about three times. But I took authority over that. They didn't, I don't, I've never seen that vehicle since. I don't know what caused them not to. They, they may have had, should I tell the story about your phone? No? <laughs> you guys think that, the, that it's, it's, it's just, oh, that's coincidence. Pastor Brad lost his phone. He, he didn't lose his phone. He left it uh, one night when, when yeah, one of the, we had a guest speaker um, a couple months back. And so we were all s- setting upstairs afterwards, and, and Pastor Brad was like, what do you guys want to eat? I'll go uh, run real quick up to McDonald's and, and get, um, huh? Big Macs. <laughs> we treat our guest speakers well, don't we? <laughs> It was late. Anyway, uh, so he goes up there, and he orders whatever, and, and, and he has his hands full. So he picks up half the stuff, and they're still bringing stuff. Well, he, he lays his phone down, picks up the stuff, takes it out to the vehicle, and then realizes, oh, I left my phone on the counter, even though he's got more stuff coming. And, and he comes back in. His phone is gone. And so he's like, uh, somebody took my phone. Did you see my phone laying here? And, and the, guy, or the lady's like, no, I I didn't see it. And he's like, well, who walked by? Because somebody took my phone. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, we're going to have to pull cameras then because somebody took my phone. And he had saw somebody go through, uh, so he suspected it was this, this person probably, but, but that person was already gone. And so anyway, he couldn't, he couldn't locate it. He comes back, and you know we're trying to... Uh, uh, figure out if he's got location on and all of that. And he's like, I can't believe somebody b- took my phone, like stole my phone. And so anyway, um, we were just sitting around discussing that, trying to turn the location on. And I'm like, well, let's pray about it. So I was, we prayed, Father, let there be conviction upon this person to bring the phone back and, and that they will uh, be obedient to that. And if not, then we pray, Father, you just break their legs and... <laughs> that they'll leave the phone. Because if they're not gonna be obedient to the Lord, you know, I can't help them, I don't know. So, and then, so we went on, and of course then, you know, then it was, you know, bring Brian into it. And so then him and Brian are going up, and they're like, (laughs) Brian's like knocking on the door. Let me in, I need to see the cameras. You know, he takes like authority. And <laughs> but anyway, so they still didn't find the phone. And, and so the next morning at like eight o'clock in the morning, I get a call on seven o'clock in the morning, I get a call on my phone, some gruff voice, like, who is this? Like asking me who it is, you called me. And, <laughs> and I'm like, this is Miranda. But I knew because it was Brad's phone coming through and so he's like well I got I got your phone and because I had left my number on it as the contact person if somebody found the phone and so anyways he said and it was the the guy right up here close to McDonald's that the owns the hotel the little motel right there and on the front steps of, of the motel somebody left the phone lying there on the front step so after that, we, we pretty much put two and two together that he's probably crawling around the streets, an <laughs> army call down the streets. 
<laughs> Some angel, probably. <laughs> it wasn't you, was it? <laughs> He's, he got up and left. I was like, <laughs> all right. So there is authority that we have in the things of God. And we are to operate in spiritual authority. And so even the things that we speak, and I want to finish up with this verse. In Isaiah 54, 17, if you don't care to turn there real quick. Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon forged against you will prosper or prevail, and you will refute or condemn every tongue that rises up against you or accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. He's speaking that to us, meaning that every weapon formed against you, whatever weapon that might be, whether it's an accusation, whether it's a word, that means Anything that has been formed against you, any, any, anything that someone would say to you, your future, your body, your health, your, your children, your family, if it's against the things of God, then you are to condemn that word. It doesn't mean that you're condemning it to a person, but what I'm saying is you are fighting it in the spiritual, that you're not allowing that thing to come to pass. You say, no, that's not my story. My story is this this and you're declaring the things of God you're condemning that word that has accused you or has risen up against you trying to condemn your future but you are to take that word and crush it with the word of God God and it says this is the inheritance or the heritage of the saints that's us this is our inheritance that we have the authority, that he has given us the power. That's why going in and praying that God deals with it, we deal with it. That's why he has given us the authority and the power to do so. So you, as kings and priests, you take authority over your life. You govern your life. You tell your life where it's going to go, not what you see. Don't base it on what you're seeing. Everything may look down in the dumps right now. Everything may look the exact opposite of where you may want to be. But that's the faith stance. That's when you begin to pull yourself up and say, no, I'm going here. This is what I'm going to do. This is the, the way that I'm walking. This is the way my family's walking. This is how my health will be. And just because you don't see something change in the next 10 minutes or the next hour or the next day, doesn't mean you quit that this is the faith walk there are some things that you may have to walk out a little longer than other things some things may have a quick turnaround but you don't stop you continue to stand there are some things that I've had to declare and I declare and I declare and then there's a breakthrough some things there it might be two months I had an eye one time that was that it would not stop leaking and it would just it looked like I was crying constantly out of one eye. And it was, I don't know, a tear duct issue. When I looked it up, it said 
If it doesn't stop within a week, you probably will need to have some sort of surgery. And I'm like, no, not me. I'm not having surgery on my eye. And so I just continued to declare. I mean, people would walk up to me, you okay? Allergies? Like, what's going on? I mean, my eye was getting raw from constantly having to, to dab it with a tissue. And it was, it was an annoyance, but I just continued to declare over my life that I had healing, that it was not going to continue. I wasn't going to have to have surgery. And then within, uh, it was about two months, and some people might be like, well, I wouldn't have dealt with it for two months. I would have been taking care of it. To me, it's a time to exercise my faith. So for me, it was, it was time to stand up. I'm exercising my faith, and I'm going to put the word of God on this. I'm not going to allow. Yeah, I could have went and seen what they said, but who knows what kind of seed they would have sowed into me at that point. Well, you, you're going to have to have this, and you're going to need that, and, and, you know, there's a possibility you might lose part of your sight. Like, who knows? You see what I'm saying? Like, one thing can lead to another so easily when you, when you start walking the ways of the world. But I was like, no, I'm going to get the victory with the word of God and in my life. And it's a time to grow stronger in faith and exercise your faith. Minister Lee, how can you come to the keyboard? Let's go ahead and stand. Has this series helped? It's all on podcast. If you want to go back and if you haven't gotten all of it or if you want to listen to it again and again and again, there are certain things that if I know I need to get it in my life, I'll just repeat, repeat, repeat. I'll, I'll listen to it over and over and over to get it into my spirit because before something really truly becomes part of you it has to be in your spirit it has to become part of who you are and then when things rise up it's like automatically it comes out of you it just it's like a second nature I remember when I'd been putting myself around the things of healing and and this was not here. It was years and years ago. But there were some people in a in a church, and they just they were talking about, well, this is going around, and you know, oh, we'll probably get this, and man, I'm probably coming down with this. I I've been having scratchy throat, and then I'm probably going to have this. And I mean, before I even realized what I was saying, I was like, not me. And yeah, that could probably rub some people the wrong way, and and really annoy them I didn't to my defense it came out before I even had any idea it was coming out it just came out of my spirit it was like not me and then I realized what I said and I'm like whoop (laughs) but I had been filling my spirit up with that and so it's like it automatically overflows out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so the more that you're putting yourself, if, you, if there's areas in your life that you realize, 
I'm having an issue with fear. I'm having an issue with health. I'm having an issue with whatever it might be, self-confidence. I'm having an issue with my identity and knowing who I am in Christ. Then get yourself around preaching of that particular word. Because as you fill yourself up with that, it's just like pouring it into a jar. It's eventually going to overflow. Let's go ahead and bow our head. Father, we thank you so much. For you have given us authority. You have entrusted to us the power, your word. You could have just left us here and said, good luck. Hope you figure it out. But you have given us the keys to the kingdom. Father, I pray that you put such a hunger inside each individual to want to know your word to be filled up in the things of God. Lord, that every person would begin to declare over their homes the victory that you've won for them. That even when times, when things begin to come out their mouth, they will catch themselves and you'll bring the word of God right back to their remembrance and they'll repeat the word of God over their life and over their situation. I pray that family trees begin to change from this day because of the words that are decreed and declared over their homes. That they don't settle for what the world says is normal. That everybody says, oh, it has to be this way. And they say, no, not in my home. Not in my family. Not in my marriage. Not in my health. Not in my life. Father, I pray that even this week you empower individuals. That anytime the word would rise up against them in accusation that the anointing of God comes upon them to condemn it in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning and you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, then I want to give you the opportunity to come to him, to get to know him and to begin that journey of a relationship with him to know what he's done for you it's an amazing walk and it's continually increasing in faith he's always taking us places that we never even dreamed beyond your imagination when you thought that this is it, this is life. And he says, no, I have better for you. I have more for you. And if you've never made him the Lord of your life, if you've never declared him as your Lord and Savior, then I want to pray with you today. I don't want you to leave this place the same way you came in. I want you to begin to see the power of God operating in your life that every burden would be lifted off your shoulders. Because he says to take upon his 
burden, for his burden is easy and his yoke is light. His ways are easy. 